Who will ever forget seeing Colin Firth's Fitzwilliam Darcy jumping into a pond for a swim, saying, I must conquer this? Or David Ritwell's Darcy passionately writing, do not be alarmed, madam. Okay, so maybe some people will forget, but that's not the point. What I'm trying to say is that the two television adaptations of Pride and Prejudice both made their mark on the story and had a unique take on it. Yeah, some of those choices were um, very uh, unique. Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ostentatious. I'm your host, L.A. Grabens, and boy, do I have a fun podcast planned for y'all. Today we're reviewing the two TV adaptations of Pride and Prejudice. Both were done by the BBC and have cast with many famous people who continue to enjoy long-lasting careers. I'm talking about Pride and Prejudice 1980 and Pride and Prejudice 1995. Before we begin, I want to quickly go over how I'm going to be rating these shows. Each category that I will describe will be given a rating out of 10. The five categories I'll be looking under are costuming, relationship depictions, depictions of balls, inclusion of letter details, and overall book accuracy. Everything that will be discussed is a lot of repetition of details from previous episodes, so be sure to check those out before continuing. Just last note, at the end I will be comparing and telling you which one I like better and which one I enjoyed more. So. Let's get to it. Alrighty, before we even start the rating comparison, I'm going to quickly list off some of the cast for each. It's mostly just so that you know if I do bring up one of their names for something they did well or something that could have been worked on, you'll kind of know which cast they belong to. This is also to help you understand which one I'm also talking about because I will refer a lot of the time to the 1995 cast as the Colin Firth version, and you'll just find out why in a second, but that's kind of like how my brain works. So 1980 cast for um, for Pride and Prejudice, which is the first Pride and Prejudice TV adaptation that was made by the BBC. The uh, actors are as follows. Elizabeth Grove played Elizabeth Bennett, fitting enough. David Rintwall as Darcy, Sabina Franklin as Jane, and Osmond Bullock as Bingley. And then for the 1995 cast, which is the Colin Firth cast, because if you did not guess it before, Colin Firth played Mr. Darcy. Jennifer Eel played Elizabeth Bennett. Susanna Harker played Jane, and Chrisman Bonham Carter as Bingley. All right, I will continue to make reference to which cast they are a part of, but I think it helps to have them listed off beforehand um, so that you just, you know what I'm talking about already and I don't just throw something at you. Okay, now with that out of the way, let's get to the first topic. Costuming. I will say first to begin, these shows did not have the advantage of the World Wide Web as we know it today. Um, or this was the first one was in the 80s, so you know, internet wasn't really a thing that much. Um, and please excuse my 2004 knowledge, um, because uh, I did not grow up in the 80s, but I do know that the internet has not been around that long and it hasn't been as we knew it for as long as well. So, like for both casts, for, I mean, for both shows, 1980 and 1995. 
they did not have like the modern internet as we know it today. So they could not look up like little pieces as easily as I can now. So I am giving them some of the benefit of the doubt for certain things because I mean, obviously they wouldn't have known about it and they would have used what they could readily access at the time. And it took a lot of investigation and deep searching to find some of the pieces they used and accurate depictions of actual fashion at the time. So I applaud them for that first off. I mean, it takes a lot of work to make a period drama. And I think in a lot of these period dramas that I've watched, because I've watched a whole ton of them, and I'll recognize some actors who like play every single character in every single one of them. And, um, but they reuse a lot of the same costuming and a lot of the same sets um, just because they know that works and they know it's accurate. So I applaud them for the effort they took into, you know, trying to do their best. For the 1980 version, I will say that like they did a very good job at showing a lot of the little things that we wouldn't have normally noticed. One of the things I wanted to point out is that, um, the older women who are married, they wear like bonnets or little head coverings all the time. No matter if they're just in the house hanging around, they always have like that head covering thing. And that was actually a Regency era custom that a lot of women did that you would be expected to do once you're married. Usually once you're a little bit older, not exactly once you just get married, you would be expected to wear something on your head at all times. And it was a little bit more lax with younger ladies who weren't married, like the Bennett daughters at the beginning. They, were, they, they weren't wearing any head things at all. And I thought that was a really nice inclusion of that little detail. And we even get to see Lydia, who gets married like almost towards the end. We actually get to see her wear like a head covering when she comes back and she comes in the house. And she's like, well, I'm the oldest now. Well, technically, she's like... Because she thinks she's so, so great because she got married first. So but she, the thing is that she wears the head covering and I'm, and I'm like all for that, that they actually put that little piece of information in there. Things that I thought like needed to be fixed was like the distinction between the classes. And it wasn't, there was a lot of distinction in like how, what kind of material you used for your clothing. And I felt like almost all the outfits were kind of bland. And it could have been just like the quality of the video that I was watching. And I think that maybe just made it like grainy. But I felt like even like Catherine, um, Lady Catherine had the same kind of material for her for her outfit as Elizabeth Bennet did at some time. So I, th I feel like they could have done a better job at trying to show the class distinction with the clothing, but overall, like the accuracy of the, of the clothing in the TV series was pretty spot on. And I didn't see anything that really stood out and that anything that I would really like heavily criticize. So I think I would give their, I give them a rating probably like a 9.5 out of 10 because they were on point for almost all of it. And the only critique I would really have to say is the, is the, um, the, the, like, the class distinction that wasn't there as much. So for 1995, I think they did as good of a job, but they did miss like some things I was looking for. 
they didn't always have like the head covering thing and they didn't put it on Lydia when she came back and got married. Um, but they had, I think for Mrs. Bennett a lot and some of the other characters too, especially Lady Catherine. Um, but I think them too, they did a, a much better job at showing the class distinction. Like you would be able to see it in the Bingley sisters. They have like the fanciest dresses on. You can tell that they have a better quality of dress. Darcy and Mr. Bingley also are very finely dressed as opposed to when you actually look at the Bennett sisters and they have more muted colors or simpler colors. And I think I loved that distinction and you can really see it. And then like even Lady Catherine, she's got like the finest colors out there and like purple was a color they associated a lot with royalty. And she had like a lot of maroonish like purple hues on her clothing. And I really loved that. So you could see a lot of the class distinction. The one thing that I have to bring up, which I feel that I must, is the fact that the girls wear so many white dresses. And some of them have like little patterns on it, which is fine. But the white dresses that I saw like 90% of the time, women were not wearing that all the time. And it, white dresses were usually like the shifts that they wore under the outer dress. And that would be the shift would be like their nightgown and stuff. Um, and so I think I just felt like there was just too much white dress, too many white dresses that they had on. And they could have found a different color that suited them better. But I love the little like half jackets that they had. I can't really describe it too well. But it's kind of like a jean jacket, but much shorter. And it just kind of goes around like mid torso. And they had an inclusion of, lot, of a lot of those, especially with like Elizabeth's outfit. And I thought those were really on point. And they helped make the white dresses a little bit less like prominent. And they could kind of kind of made the outfit a little bit more complete. But because of the fact that I saw so many white dresses and I saw so many characters, especially young ladies wearing those white dresses like all the time as if that was the only color they could have, I have to dock them more points than I did for the, for the 1980 version. So I would have to say that this, this version got like, a, like an 8.5 out of 10. So overall, who did it better? 1980, they did a much better job. I felt like finding a lot of the pieces and then also being more true to what was actually worn and some of the like small little tidbits that 1995 kind of missed on. So 1990 did it better with overall accuracy. 1995 had like the great point of having that huge like class distinction. All right, on to our next little section, relationship depictions. I have to say, I have some bias here. I do, I do love absolutely how the relationships in the 1995 version are shown, mostly because of the wonderful acting done by the main characters, like Colin Firth. I mean, he is obviously like a household name at this point, probably. So, I mean, you obviously know that his adaption of it is mm, chef's kiss. Um, but like, I love the chemistry between the characters in his cast the most. However, there's some things I have to be nitpicky about for both casts. Um, for 1990, let's just start with them. Um, I loved overall, they stayed really 
like on point with the like the script of the book and they followed kind of like the natural progression of those uh, like of the book and he got to see a little bit more of the relationship between Elizabeth and Jane I love that you could see like the sisterly bond and their bond with their sisters as well and you got a little bit like of humor um like intertwined in it all and I really love that um and then between like the actual like romantic relationships I felt like Jane, I think this was one of the few versions that I felt like Jane wasn't just like there, you know, other versions. I, I know I'm kind of like going a little bit off here, but other versions make Jane just like totally oblivious to every single thing in the world. And she's like just this bland character. But I think this one actually kind of got captured her innocence, yet also her sisterly um, like her sisterly overprotectiveness of her younger sisters and her need to be like perfect, this perfect older sibling for them and this example of what a person should be. And you got to see actually in her relationship with Bingley, like some of that like shyness, but then also she's not just like, she just like doesn't have a personality at all. You kind of got to know her a lot more and, um, she had a bit more of a voice in this one. Things that I didn't really like with this was just mostly Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth's relationship. I felt like, you know, they went from mortal enemies to suddenly they were falling in love. And I missed that whole entire like building up to it. And then the slow breakdown of Darcy as this stiff character. It was just like suddenly like, oh my gosh, Mr. Darcy, you appeared again and now you're professing your 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 loves for your love for Elizabeth and like they're suddenly this really close couple. But then they never actually reached that point to me. It felt like they just like in the last scene, it finally like melted his cold heart and he was actually like smiling with her for genuine reasons. So I kind of I was just I felt like I missed something there, you know? Um, but I did love Elizabeth um, in that relationship. Uh, the way that she was played by Elizabeth um, <laughs> was that she had like a little bit of insertion of like humor into her character. I, I thought that was a really interesting thing that it was like an artistic choice. Overall, I think I would have to give um. I think maybe a seven point five. I just felt like the relationships, the important relationships in this adaptation were not being made. And those ones were just missing. And I've missed a lot of the chemistry that I enjoyed reading about. So 7.5 for 1980. 1995, <laughs> as I mentioned before, I have a little bit of bias. I felt like this adaptation managed to put a lot of personality into the characters and was able to give them to make them feel real like really real 1980 the great like did a good job at that but i think 1995 did an amazing job at it making the characters come alive and kind of like at some points just straying a tiny bit from the original script in order to give them 
personality in order to give them life in order to be able to see like an actual relationship between siblings you get to see kind of like a humorous side of people and not just like a one-sided thing because people aren't one-sided and I think the whole entire cast for 1995 did an amazing job at it um I will say Jane however was very just laid back I want to say and she was kind of like a muted character and her her overall presence felt like even when she was there she wasn't there and she was just kind of like this silent person and she was it was very calm and reserved and I just felt like it was just too much compared to what like she actually is in the book and like how much how her relationship with Elizabeth really is and I kind of missed that in this version, which I liked in 1980 and how they did it. So 1995, I didn't really like that as much. I will say, so then um, going on from that, I will say that uh, Darcy and Elizabeth, their relationship, whew, you were able to see like just like the coldness of his heart melt away and like how much he struggled with hiding his feelings for her as time goes on. And you slowly get to see these little moments of him beginning to realize that as well. And it's even before the proposal that you do realize that that thing is happening, that like Darcy is falling in love with her and he's noticing these subtle things and in the way that like where he puts himself in a room and you kind of see him in the background moving towards her. And I just loved it all. I loved how that kind of relationship grew. And you got to see a lot more of Elizabeth's humor, which is also present in the book and was in 1980. You got to see a lot of her humor when it came to it and how she managed to like, you know, kind of like handle herself in these social situations and especially like her and Darcy and how she was able to kind of like also move away from her prejudiced self into, you know, the Elizabeth at the end, but you got to see that progression a lot better. So I absolutely love this version. The only thing is going to take off a little bit for how they portrayed Jane. I just felt like she wasn't really there. So I have to give this rating a 9.5 out of 10. In the end, you know who did better. 1995 did it amazingly well. And I loved every minute of it. I loved it much better than the 1980 version because I felt the characters were alive and that they were not just one-sided people. And you got to know their entire personality beyond what was written in the book. Alrighty, up next are depictions of balls. So, as a callback to our last episode, I thought it would be a good idea to include a little section about balls since they were a huge part of the plot for Pride and Prejudice. I'm going to focus on the two main balls of the book, plus bonus points if they included the Lucas Lodge scene. So let's get to it. The 1980 version, the Meriton Ball, it kind of felt like it was too calm for a public ball. And it felt more like a semi-private ball or even a private ball. And it felt just far too calm for that, like what it's supposed to be. Cause they're a small town in the countryside. And while it may not be like line dancing country that we have here, it's more like 
it's the whole town coming in and they're just having a fun, like a fun night together. So it's not going to be as, you know, like formal or as, uh, I want to say, yeah, or as calm and laid back as it was in this depiction. And I felt like I kind of missed that, like the, the spirit of the town in that one. But overall, I think it did a very good job at being like the first scene where we get to see the main players of the of the story come together and their first interactions with each other and the first interactions between the two couples. So I thought that was really nice. The Netherfield ball, I felt, was in between it all. And it was kind of, you got to see the, the informalness, I mean, like, not informalness, the formalness of the situation and it was very calm and very put together and I really liked it and it was very grand and ornate and you got to see Darcy and Elizabeth their interactions with each other and how that kind of you know like the form the relationship from that point on and their first dance they had together so it was a really nice one thing, but there wasn't anything too spectacular about it that I felt would be memorable. In fact, right now I'm just struggling to remember a lot of specific details because it just, it wasn't something that would stay in your memory. And I felt it wasn't as good of a Netherfield ball as many were hoping for. Sorry. The Lucas Lodge scene, however, I did like um, the interaction kind of with Darcy and uh, Caroline Bingley. And I think they did good like first interactions with each other and Caroline's kind of lines of saying like, oh, you were thinking about a pair of fine eyes, they'll kind of like hope they're mine. And Darcy's like, nope, they're Elizabeth's. And she's like, oh, when am I wish to wish you happiness with your upcoming marriage? And we're just, and he's like, yeah, no. But anyway, I liked that little inclusion of that conversation from the book because I felt a lot of other adaptations kind of missed it. And, um, and the one last note about that Lucas Lodge scene, you can clearly see where Darcy is like realizing his wrong in um, insulting Elizabeth at the beginning, because he's he's like enamored completely by her singing and her playing. And he's like, Oh, my gosh, this woman is amazing. Why did I offend her in the first place? That kind of thing. So I thought that was a really nice little bit of like, kind of like an actor's choice in that scene. Overall, my rating for this, it's not going to be nice. Um, I give it, I want to say like a 5.5 out of 10. And that's me trying to be nice. I can't really think of many good things about their depiction of balls, except for like the Lucas Lodge scene and the introduction and kind of like the important bits of the balls, but not the important bits about making them grand or making them kind of more spectacular than they were, you know. So the 1995 version, it did a much better job. And it maybe, maybe it was just because of like, these, these two adaptations were like 15 years apart. So maybe in 1995, they had a bigger budget, who knows. But the Meriton Ball, I really liked it. You got to see kind of like the country life. I'm trying to put that in like air quotes, like the country life come alive. And you had a lot more, a little bit more of a rowdy crowd. Um, and you got to see like how the the rich people, I'm going to call that, that's what the entourage is, which is, 
which is uh, Darcy, Bingley, Mrs. Hurst, Mr. Hurst, and Caroline. Like, all of them come in, and they got all their fancy garb, and Caroline and Mrs. Hurst are obviously disgusted by, like, the fact, oh, my gosh, we're at a country ball. We're at a public ball. They're like, we would never be caught dead here. But, ha oh, oh, here they are. And you, But you got to see that. And then you got to see, like, Elizabeth's sisters, like, the, the Bennett sisters, like, the younger ones going out there and dancing on the dance floor and kind of the overall chaoticness a little bit. It still felt very refined for a public ball, but it, it was less refined than you would have seen in the 1980 version. You even had a drunk guy falling into like a, one of those like, like a little, like, um, I don't know what it was, like a pig trough. Yeah, you gotta, saw, gotta see a drunk guy falling into a pig trough kind of at the end of the ball. So you got to see the country life a little bit more. The Netherfield ball, um, that was much more ornate. Like you actually got to, like, they were in this really nice house and it kind of took you throughout different rooms and you got to feel, you know, have that feeling. And then you also had like the nice, the overall niceness of the place. And then you're able to kind of pick out and see the Bennett, younger Bennett sisters just being as chaotic as ever at the dance as well. So they did a really good job at that. And they had these moments where you actually could see what Darcy will reference in the future when he proposes to Elizabeth and she rejects him, that kind of thing. I think they did a really good job. And uh, the overall niceness of the ball, I felt it, I felt it was it was suitable. The Lucas Lodge, that Darcy-Caroline interaction, again, chef's kiss this time, I think, because they, you got to see kind of Caroline scheming a little bit more, whereas in the other, I think she was just a little bit flat and wasn't that memorable. But Caroline was able to kind of taunt Mr. Darcy, and Mr. Darcy was kind of showing, like, his indifference towards her and was like blatantly just like expressing like, oh yeah, I don't like you. But Elizabeth Bennett, on the other hand, I got to see that. And I thought that was really cool. Um, we didn't get to see uh, Elizabeth play any piano and sing, but we did get to see her kind of um, like interact with Darcy a bit more and a little bit more of her humor there too. My overall rating for 1995, I, I think it was a lot better, a lot better than 1980. So I think I would have to give it probably like, an, like a nine. I feel like, I think they deserve a nine for their balls. I think those were the better of the two. Okay. So as I mentioned previously, letters weren't the biggest importance in Pride and Prejudice. So I'm not going to go, I'm trying my hardest not to go as far in depth as the other categories. Rather, I'm just going to give my general opinion as to how both adaptations included major letters and showed off some of the interactions with them. So 1980, um, we got to see a lot of like voiceover reading of the letters. That was something that was unique about this version, I think, is like you got to hear the characters' thoughts in their minds as they, as they were reading these or just general voiceover of what each character was thinking. Usually it was, an, it was Elizabeth who had voiceover and like what she was thinking in a certain situation. And um, it was her voice reading the letters too. Or and then we also got Darcy's voice. Um, so basically whoever wrote the letter, their voice was reading it. 
while like something else was happening on the screen, whether it was another character reading the reading the bit or it was like the actual scene happening, um, which I thought was really cool. And it was another way for you to be able to like understand what was happening in each of the letters. And I really liked that. Um, and, it, and since it was such a unique inclusion and they had all the important letters, they followed the right rules with delivering them and such. I'd have to give it a 10 out of 10. That was, it was perfect. I think it, and I think it felt right. They didn't overdo it. And it felt, it felt like it fit in with the rest of the like general feeling of the TV show. The 1995 version, they did a much, they had a much similar take with the letters, like acting out some of the scenes. And so they actually like acted out basically all of the scenes for the, letters so basically them reading it out was again that voiceover but then they were also they were also had like the full-on scene going on so you got to see Mr. Wickham trying to seduce Georgiana and them running away and then them being found and you got to see that all happening or you got to see Lydia running away with Wickham and then her kind of laughing it off while Jane read I mean Jane read over what she was writing to Elizabeth. So I thought that was really nice and I really enjoyed it. Um, and it felt, and it felt, it felt good. And I think it, it, it fit in with kind of the little bit more lighthearted tone of the TV show. Um, and I, and I think it was, if it, it was good, they both, both of these versions did a great job at it. And, um, I'd have to give 1995 a 10 out of 10 as well. Who did it better? Even though I gave them both the same rating, I think I think um, 1995 did it better. You can tell I have a bias towards that one. I just, I have, I have a lot more love for it. Not that I don't like the 1980 version, but I think 1995, they did a lot better. I liked the whole acting out the letter scenes and you actually got to see things that weren't exactly in the book. They were just like written about in the book and you never actually got to, see a full scene of that acted out. So 1995 has my vote for who did it better. Alrighty, for my final category, I wanted to do a quick broad overview of the shows and their book accuracy. I wanna explain who followed general accuracy from the book and didn't add too many wild things that weren't exactly going to be commonplace in the Regency era or exactly just commonplace with the general like plot of the book. I have some things about that. So this is where like some of the simplest things are going to be under scrutiny and not left to ruin a wonderful story. Let's go. So 1980, they did a wonderful job. I like, they really just followed the book. It was like if they just took the book and just turned in all like all of the words and everything into a script. And it was like they left nothing out and they kept it exactly what the script says. Josephine, they kept exactly like the script says, and they had very little room for choices by actors to have that room to kind of add in a little bit of humor or a little bit sarcastic comments, you know, or have a little bit of liberty of what they do. I just felt it was very true to the book, but at the same time, too true to the book. (laughs) So it was kind of a little bit stiff acting, I want to say, in a lot of places. Except for, like, Elizabeth, who played Elizabeth. She did a wonderful job at taking that 
and actually kind of giving Elizabeth a personality, which I really liked. And then another criticism that I have for this is Lady Catherine. Well, it's actually not a criticism. It's a praise. Lady Catherine in this version was a much younger lady than I have ever seen in any of the other adaptations. She was not an old hanging woman. She was like young. Like I think like all the adults were young. The parents of the characters were young, which was actually very accurate to the Regency era because people were getting married when they were like 16 or 17 and they were having their kids like right after that. So Jane is the oldest child. She's 21. Her parents, I think Mrs. Bennett and Mr. Bennett, well, at least Mrs. Bennett was maybe 17 years older than Jane. So she was only like, what was that? 38, 39. So she was young. And I actually like that. In this version, she was young. And um, Mr. Bennett was also much younger than the other versions I had seen. So he was probably maybe, what, 20-something when he married um, Mrs. Bennett. And I loved seeing that. Um, not that the fact that, like, they were getting married at 16, 17 was great. But the fact is, that was the reality back then. And this actually kind of showed how young those those adults would be. And especially Lady Catherine. Lady Catherine was very... She was probably around the same age, maybe late thirties or something. And it, it showed, and she was, and it was much better than other versions I'd seen. Um, and also I love the Bennett family dynamic as the last thing for this one. Uh, and it felt, even though they had that, they were kind of like stiff for that. It, it, they still were able to somehow have a little bit more interaction. Mary, was not just like the forgotten child for once in this adaptation. I like, I mean, I just, for, I had forgotten her until this point, but still uh, I'm remembering just like how much I actually like that. Mary was kind of a more active child and more vocal in this adaptation. And you kind of got to see her quirkiness and how she kind of wants to follow the example of her younger siblings, but really is gravitating more towards the sensibility of her older siblings. But she gives off very much like middle child energy in this adaptation. And I love it. And she actually gets to interact with her sisters more and really have a voice. I liked the Bennett family dynamics in this in this adaptation. So my overall rating, it's actually, I mean, it's pretty good. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I just felt it was a little too stiff overall. But I mean, this is the perhaps most accurate adaptation out there that has kept basically every single character who was ever mentioned in. And it was also kept like every single event ever mentioned in it as well. So I'd have to give this a 9.5 out of 10, really. I, I really liked it. I like that. I like the accuracy and um, and these little details that not many people think of. So for the 1995 version, whew, okay, <sighs> I'm going to start with a praise and then I'm going to get into things. I really love the acting choices made. I think, like I had said before, I think before with like the relationships, you actually got to see the characters be like three-dimensional and they weren't just flat and they, they stayed very true to the overall like structure of the book and everything. They did like make kind of what I felt like were more modern 
edits to the dialogue to make it flow better. I love that. Um, it felt right. It didn't feel like they overdid it at some points. And I they let I think the, the actors give each character a personality more and their personality and really show something through each of the characters, which I really loved. I loved all of that. And now to my, my heavy criticism. The lake scene. Like, how could I not talk about this one? If you haven't seen, honestly, if you haven't seen these adaptations at this point, whew, you're going to be very lost. But anywho, the lake scene, it comes after the proposal, after the failed proposal. Elizabeth is at Pemberley visiting the house after she's kind of been like, eh, I don't really want to go see it. But then she's there with her aunt and uncle and Mr. Darcy comes home at the same time. But before he reaches Pemberley, he decides he's going to like almost completely undress and go for a swim in the lake. And it's like right before that, he's like, I must conquer this because we all know he's like madly in love with Elizabeth. But he's like, I cannot be with her now because she has rejected me. Yeah. And here, but he's like, he, dives into the lake and ha I just it was never in the book it don't it doesn't feel right with Darcy's character right before that he has like a fencing lesson which I felt was very true to the character like that was a common thing for men to do they learned how to fence they learned how to duel that was how men got out their aggravations I felt like and I've seen that also in other adaptations of Jane Austen novels like the men doing some kind of fighting thing but he goes for a swim in the lake and I just I, I just can't get over that honestly and uh and then he then then he goes and he's like dripping wet and um he goes and meets Elizabeth and he's like oh my gosh and Elizabeth is like oh my gosh he doesn't even have like any of those jackets on he's just has his undershirt and his pants on and that's it and like in his boots but like he is a mess and then somehow in the next like two minutes he suddenly is completely dry completely dressed and running out to catch elizabeth before she leaves which i don't know that just doesn't seem as realistic but still <sighs> the whole lake scene i just i can't get over i i have certain feelings against that um yeah and then one last one last thing on top of that. You're probably tired of hearing me rant. Um, but one last thing about the 1995 version was they, they made the characters old. <laughs> they made them old. They made the parents old. Which, I mean, it's hard not to do because that's what we see. Like, you have adult children. Your child is, like, 21. So you'd expect the parents maybe to be in their 50s or early 60s, somewhere around there as opposed to the reality where that they were like they're 39 or 40. So in this adaptation, yeah, they made them kind of old. They made the parents kind of old and they made Lady Catherine an antique, basically. Lady Catherine was much older than Mrs. Bennett, Mr. Bennett, when in reality, she was basically the same age as them. So I have to, I have to mention that because it kind of, it just aggravates me that they didn't, they didn't make her younger that they didn't realize that, especially when the 1980 version did such a good job at remembering that small detail. So that probably, I'd have to give this rating. I mean, overall, it was very accurate. It didn't really go off far. And I loved 
they actually acted out the scenes from the letters, which wasn't exactly in the book. But technically, since they wrote about it in a letter in the book, it did happen. So um, I probably have to give this, I have to give this version a maybe eight out of 10. And overall, who was more accurate? I'd have to say 1980. 1980 was way more accurate because they did not include that lake scene and they made Lady Catherine not an antique. So yeah, 1980 did a better job. Okay, overall, I mostly have nothing but good things to say about each series. Yes, I was very nitpicky, but these are just, they're really like small details that upon first viewing them, most would not notice because they both were very enjoyable to watch and honestly like i said the most negative things i listed were very small and they don't affect your viewing experience i the reason why i went into those details is because i have watched both of these series multiple times like way more times than it is normal to like my family has made a joke about it. The fact that like I watch nothing else but Pride and Prejudice. I do watch things other than Pride and Prejudice. There are other Jane Austen novels. <laughs> but anywho, it's like I've done a lot of research into the Regency era. I've watched both of these a lot. I've read a whole bunch of articles about them as well. And a lot of the nitpicky things that I mentioned were talked about by other people who also noticed them. But they're so small and inconsequential to the viewing experience that it's that I, I still enjoyed both series a lot. And I hope you do too. And I hope you did while watching them. So now the moment you're waiting for the overall rating for each series for 1980, my rating for them is an 8.5. This was averaged out from their all their scores um, and a little bit kind of rounded up a little bit. Um, I felt they did a really good job staying true to the to the to the source material. They did a very good job casting each character. I felt they were all right. I think they did a good job overall with costuming too. Most of like details many would not notice they included um, and they did a really good job at showing the letters, the relationships kind of, and um, over, like I said, overall accuracy. I had to talk on points because I think, I think they just, they missed the point with some of the like smaller details, like showing the difference between the two classes and um, kind of, they missed the point where an adaptation is not exactly word for word the source material and they could go a little bit more off script and give more room to the actors to kind of breathe and make the characters seem less one-dimensional and more 3d and they that make them feel more like actual people you'd want to meet the rating for 1995 is a nine out of ten like again, I averaged the numbers out and that came to exactly nine. And I think this is a really good rating. I want to reserve my 10 out of 10 for something spectacular. And while I absolutely love this series, I just cannot get over the lake scene. I am so sorry, but I just, I, 
I absolutely that that lake scene is my arch nemesis um, of these like adaptations. Uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is my true um, nemesis, my true arch nemesis, but we're not going to talk about them today. Um, back to the 1995 version, it's they did an amazing job with a lot of, again, like the small details, including them in there. And they did a lot of, the, the, the actors did an amazing job at making the characters really come alive and actually taking the words from Jane Austen, making them a little bit more modern, making sure that the characters actually kind of got to have like little jokes, a little bit sarcasm, you know, little things that you would notice and that really made them like people you wanted to who people you really wanted to meet. And then it was just like those small things, like making Lady Catherine archaic. It's like, <sighs> those just things that just got my goat kind of, or why it didn't get a 10 out of 10. And, and you probably guess this now, I feel 1995 did a much better job. Could be because they might have had a bigger budget. Um, and it could be also because they maybe had access to a lot more materials and lot more sets than the 1980 version had but overall I just I feel better connection with 1995. That's all I have for today. Come back next time to check out my rating for the 2005 movie adaptation and a surprise bonus. In the meantime, take the time to reread Pride and Prejudice again. Maybe you'll notice some of the things I did. Plus, once you do, check out the TV shows. You'll love getting to see the slow burn relationship between Elizabeth and Darcy on the small screen. Think of it as a preview for next week. I'll see you next time, and thank you for joining me for another wonderful episode of Ostentatious. Subscribe to Ostentatious to never miss an episode. Till next time, my fellow Jane Austen fanatics.